The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, you know that uh, peppered in with um, all the things that I warn you about, you know, terrorism and so on, the politics of this country and so on, um, mosques being built in uh, uh, right at ground zero and so on. You know I always sprinkle in um, inspiration <laughs> so that uh, it's not all doom and gloom. And today is one of those inspirational shows, so you can you know all take deep breaths, <laughs> sighs of relief and so on. Um, and it, uh, we're going to be talking today about do our deceased loved ones send us messages from the other side? Now, I know some of you are saying, yes, um, I have a deceased loved one, and, you know, I've kind of thought that maybe some of these things that have been happening to me or that I've been seeing around or we'll talk about the different ways that this might happen um, could, in fact, be from my deceased loved one. But, you know, people I haven't told anyone because they think I'm crazy and other of you are thinking, oh, yeah, right, here we go with another uh, <laughs> woo-woo <laughs> kind of show. Uh, well, you know, I, I think, um, I don't know, woo-woo is <laughs> probably going to be kind of woo-woo. <laughs> I'll give you that. But that doesn't mean that this isn't true because I certainly, for one, um, do think that it's true that our deceased loved ones do send us messages from the other side. And my guests uh, not only believe that it's true, but they've each written books about it. My, my first guest, well, they're both on, actually, they'll be on for the whole show, uh, is Angie Pecha. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I'll try. Okay. An, an, oh, oh, I know how, actually. Angie Paycheck Printup. And her book is called He Blew Her a Kiss. And Debbie Hennigan is the author of Closer Than You Think. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank, Thank you. you. It's great to be here. Um, let's start with you, Angie. Um, what, what, when did you first ever think about this concept, uh, that it might be true that our loved ones are sending us messages still, that they're not really out of touch with our lives? When did this first occur to you, or when did you first have evidence of it? Well, my He Blew Her A Kiss journey came out of left field about two years ago, but before that, in 1995, when my mother passed away, I did have a dream where she contacted me, and it was very real. You know how dreams are, are very real. Mm-hmm. And she came to me, she called me, and, I, and she, I said, hello. And she said, hey, honey. And I went, Mom, where are you? And she said, I just want you to know that I'm okay, and you're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. And I woke up, 
and it was a, a beautiful experience. I felt very much that she was trying to let me know that everything was fine. But I, I, I had that experience, but throughout the years, I, I never really thought that I was going to do anything with it. And then... Well, wait, before I, we leave that, was there something going on in your life um, that was very difficult for you at that time, that she was reassuring you you're going to be okay? Well, she had just passed away. And oh, it was right was, after she died. Okay. I, yes, and I was struggling with her loss, and um, it had it had only been a few weeks, and 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 it just it came at the right time, mm. and I carried it with me all these years, never really thinking much about it, other than I did feel that she had uh, contacted me, and I shared it with various people, but where my journey really took a turn was in October of 2008. A very dear friend of mine lost his wife to cancer, and he sent her a love note on a balloon because it was his birthday that same week, and he released it, and the next day the balloon was laying at his doorstep at work down the road. And when we shared that story with people, they were just amazed, and, and, and people started telling me, well, let me tell you my story. Mm. And I thought, I, I felt very compelled just to launch a website. I wanted to publish a book, and I was advised, well, let's do a website first and and collect stories and kind of have a following. Mm-hmm. And people started saying, you know, I've had a story for years, but I didn't want anybody to think I was weird or crazy. And by launching this website, this gave people an opportunity, kind of a safe place to share their story, read other stories, and know that they're not the only one. Mm-hmm. And it's turning out to, to be a... a very healing ministry for us, too. It's like I was telling Debbie uh, the other night. You know, it, it's, it's so many people are telling us how these stories are helping them, and, and we realize that it's not everyone's feelings. Some people do look at me with a deer in the headlight. <laughs> they do. And I, and I honor that. I honor everyone's feelings. But, but others, I, I have a dear friend that lost her husband that told me this book was better for her than her grief class. Hmm. So we this path and journey is is just a, a, a place for people and for me too to heal and to help heal because you know death is part of the life process. It, none of us are going to get around that one, <laughs> and it's it's we seem to have great struggles with it, and this has given me great growth and comfort and healing and knowing that. Our loved ones are still with us in spirit on the other side. They can communicate, and there's a lot of subtle ways, too, if we would just learn and be more open to them. Yes, you know, um, you mentioned we, we're not going to be able to get around death. When I was little, I used to <laughs> tell myself not to worry about it because by the time I get older, someone will have figured out a way that we didn't have to die. <laughs> That's Don't good. think that's happening. Um, so, Debbie, tell us about your story. When did this concept first come to you? Yeah, and and my story is very similar to Angie's. I had to laugh when Angie and I spent some time on the phone because it's so very similar. Um, but for me, it, as I look back now, knowing a little bit more as I'm older, I'm able to recognize a lot more today than I could when things were actually happening for me. And what I mean by that is, for me, it actually started when I was a, a very young girl, probably 
eight, nine, ten-ish years old. Hmm. Um, every day I always said my prayers, always asked God, who is, is my higher power, to help me help others be happy, feel special, and feel loved. And I can always remember saying that and not really knowing what I meant by that, but every day I would ask for that. And that was just something that I did. But when I was 15, my sister actually uh, died to leukemia after a three-and-a-half-year battle of you know being in and out of remission. And shortly after she died, I had what I call a rock star moment or what we all know as being after-death communication experience where my sister appeared to me in the, in the middle of the night, sort of like what Angie had talked about with her mom coming to her. But for me, my sister, she woke me up in the middle of the night. She stood by my, by my bedside, and it was awesome. I said her name. I reached out to touch her, and she disappeared. Hmm. And from that point forward, I just recall talking to her every single day. I was asking her if she was okay. Why did she visit me? Why didn't she say anything? Was there something wrong? And I just found myself asking her those types of questions and then also different questions that of different things that were going on in my life as a teenager. And the, after I started, you know, probably within a few weeks or so, I started receiving answers. And the answers that came to me were in, in the form of my sister's favorite things, like songs or numbers or animals or different things like that. But it wasn't just those signs that I saw or heard. It was the feeling that came along with it, just like Angie described. It's just, it's this feeling that you get. It's so beautiful and so calming and peaceful. It's hard to put into words, but it's one that never leaves your being. It, for me, I kind of describe it like an invisible hug, as if I was being mm. wrapped up in a warm blanket and hugged, and, but no one was there. You know, you can't see anybody doing that. Mm. So it was so powerful and miraculous that I found that through over you know several years, I just started talking to my sister and asking her for help and guidance. And I'd even ask her maybe for a little bit of extra confidence or courage or whatever it was that I needed to do certain things in my life. And she answered me nearly every single time. And what we ended up doing, and I know here you want to talk about woo-woo, right? And you start talking about this to people and they look at you like you have seven heads. Um, <laughs> But we actually established our own way to communicate with each other. And this, again, was through those different signs that, like I mentioned, but should also provide me specific details if I needed them. And those would come in the form of words that would, like, jump out of a book or a magazine. You know, I'd open up a magazine and something would jump out, and I'd think, oh, my goodness, I was just asking you about this, and there's the answer. Hmm. So she would do whatever she needed to do to get the message across to me. And well, now wait, before we go much further into that, um, I'm sort of intrigued by, so when you were 8 or 10, you were saying that you had, were saying your prayers to, to God every night. Mm-hmm. Um, was there, you know, was, how did that relate to death? Like you were saying, help others feel loved. Was there something about, was there a feeling you had about death even then? No, I did not. I just remember always thinking, which at this point in my life I can look back, I remember always asking um, for God to help me to help others at such a young age, and I remember thinking, why would I do that? But what I found was when my sister got sick, I actually slept in her room on the floor, and she was too weak to get up to go to the bathroom. And 
I would be right, you know, she would just say, Deb, she'd whisper my name, and I would jump right up, carry her in the bathroom, and, you know, I did that at age 13, 14, and I guess that was, you know, maybe I just knew, I don't know, maybe. Well, yeah, that's what I was inside. kind of uh, getting at, that, yep. um, and how old was your, how many years older or younger was your sister? Um, she was two years older, so she died when she was 17. And, um, did you feel guilty when she, when she got, after you had been praying, you know, to help, to God, to help you help others, did, and then you did wind up helping her, did you, did you have to try to deal with the guilt that you felt that, you know, you didn't, you didn't, God, I didn't mean, you know, to help my sister in this way, not that you didn't want to help her, but right. that you didn't want to have to, you know, you didn't want your sister to be sick and need help. Right. Um, no, I actually didn't feel guilty, and I think it's very interesting that you asked that. I, what I felt was when she eventually did pass, I felt really, I mean, obviously I wish that it didn't happen, and obviously I wish that I could have healed her in some way and kept her here, but with that said, I can't change that, and I, but I felt very good deep within my heart and soul that I did whatever I could for her when she was here. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be why I didn't have guilt there. Um, in fact, I really never felt guilty. I feel bad, have felt bad because she wasn't able to experience a lot of things that we all do. And she had her dreams of what do you want to, you know, what she wanted to be when she grew up, and she didn't have that opportunity. So, you know, it's those types of feelings that I had. But for her last couple years here on Earth, I I felt very good because we became very good friends at that age. When she was in remission, we went out together as friends, not just sisters. Mm-hmm. And it was just wonderful. And I feel bad that we couldn't continue that, but what we have now and what we've established for the last 23 and a half years is just <laughs> phenomenal. I, I, I have to kind of say I wouldn't change a thing because I feel so much closer to her as her being on the other side and me here. And so many people that I've worked with have said, you know, different people who have lost their children um, have said to me that they too feel so much closer to their son or daughter um, while their son and daughter are on the the other Hmm. side in the spiritual sense. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, and on that note, we do need to take a break. We'll come back with more of this. And I know, um, and also... You know, I want to talk about why it is that you both wrote these books, like what you're hoping to achieve. And I know um, Angie did start to mention some of that, but I know that there's more, too. So we need to take a break. Um, we are listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking about being in touch with our loved ones from the other side. So stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. 
Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about the messages that our deceased loved ones send us from the other side. And no, you have not tuned into the Twilight Zone. You have tuned in to Dr. Carol's Couch, where I'm having today um, two guests who have written books on this subject and who have experienced this in their own real lives. Angie Paycheck Printup is the author of He Blew Her a Kiss, and Debbie Hennigan is the author of Closer Than You Think. Um, I want to go back to um, Angie for a minute. And um, I was asking during the break about um, who else in her family was, did she have anyone else who was close who died? And she said that her father had died five years ago. Why don't you talk about the, the what's, uh, what's interesting to me is um, you mentioned you were closer after death with your mother or you feel your mother more her presence more since they both died and um i'm I'm curious about how that relates to your relationship to them when they were alive 
you know, did you have a closer relationship with your mother to begin with, or was there something that happened with your father that sort of created a wedge? Or Oh, no, not at all. Um, actually, I was daddy's girl and very, very close to my father, but my mother, very wonderful lady, um, very ahead of her time um, in the 70s. She was a yoga teacher, and although we, we were raised uh, Catholic, the she was very open to she loved to study all religions Buddhism shamanism Native American Indian um, she she was very much into the metaphysics and she just taught us to be very open to you know a lot of things and understanding and and not to be you know judgmental and and um, she was just a, a wonderful person and as I feel she helped me grow in a lot of ways. And then when she passed away, I really did struggle with her death just because I was young. I was 30. It was my first really big loss other than my grandmother. I, I, that was a loss, too, but years earlier. But, you know, it's, it's very difficult to lose a parent, particularly when you were, were close to them. And so although through these years I did not know before this he blew her a kiss passed that that was coming, I, I felt her presence around me when this, begin to happen this journey with the the book and the website she, I really begin to feel her and I just felt it was kind of amusing to me because I was I feel as I as I'm getting older that I'm becoming more like her and I'm kind of picking up where she left off and and reconnecting with all of her old friends and I think she's just probably amused by it <laughs> But I feel she's very supportive, and I just I just feel her presence very much. My dad, wonderful man, wonderful man. We were very very close, and everybody loved him. Uh, but uh, he's I think he's just kind of uh, he was more of um, kind of stand in the background kind of guy and and, and supports you and, and lets you do your thing. And I think he's probably still doing that on the other uh-huh. side. <laughs> um. Did your was your mother into also like did she used to talk about um, people from the other side sending messages? Um, she was very open to that. She was open to psychics and and things like that. And she had a lot of friends. And she was very much into the metaphysical world. And she she you know knew people that were involved in things like that. So she you know she opened us up to a lot of things. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it was just something that was normal you know for us to to experience and talk uh-huh. about, but it, it, it's not a conversation we were always having at the dinner table or anything. It's just she was very open about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And what was it about, you know, your friend? I mean, that's an amazing story, and and I know there's a little more details maybe you want to give us about the balloon. Um, I mean, it's, it, is, it is an amazing story, and... and um, I'm wondering what it was, though, that made you sort of why that story um, had such an impact on you to make you sort of stop in your tracks long enough to, you know, to launch this website and to write this book and so on. Um, Like it resonated with you. I'm sure lots of people heard that story and were sort of blown away by it, pun intended. (laughs) But, um, But why do you think that you latched onto it so much? You know, it's funny because I've always been, uh, I study a lot, motivational speaking. I love to motivationally speak and help people understand that, you know, we're the creators of our life and we can 
change things and what you think about, you bring about, and and you know, all I'm all about that and and try and help people in in creating their better lives, and and also I feel that we all are brought here for a purpose, and. As I mentioned, we, we need to be very open to that because we don't we don't know where that's going to come from. You know, we we tend to as human beings try to control things, and it doesn't always work out that way. And this whole story with my friend Tom and Judy just it just came out of left field. And when she passed away in October of '08, the 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 old group of friends got together a month later in November, and and he came up and joined us, and we had a wonderful. Uh, reunion and he shared that story and we were just all in tears. It was so touching because he, he took the time and he wrote, you know, to Judy in heaven, I love you so much, love Tom, and he walked outside and said a little prayer and blew her a kiss and released it. So when he told that story and we all began to talk about it and share our stories, on the way home that night from our gathering, I just, I couldn't quit talking to my husband. We, I, I was just, wired and it was just so amazing and it it, it just for some reason touched me so much and I literally woke up in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. with all of these thoughts coming to me being put in my head saying I want to uh, publish a book I want to call it He Blew Her a Kiss I want to publish it in honor of Tom's story I want to put my story and, and other people's stories in here with the purpose of helping people heal and understand that that you know they're they're really there is a physical death, but but we spiritually, our, our, you know, we're spiritual beings having a human experience, and our spirits live on. And I woke up the next morning so excited, I called Tom to tell him about it, and he was thrilled. He was thrilled. He couldn't wait. And I just began to, I, I don't know where it was all coming from, I just or how I was going to do it. I just knew I have a CPR training agency, and I teach and have for 20 years in front of people every day. I have an audience in front of me every day, so I just started sharing. This is what I want to do. I'm collecting stories, and people, the first class I did, three people came up to me and said, here's my story. Wow, wow. And I huh. started getting phone numbers, and I said, let me call you. I'll, I'll sit down. I'll call you. I'll get your, and I spent a few months doing that, and then and then I, it was brought to my attention, you know, let's go with a website first, then you can focus on a book afterwards and then i you know the 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 website builder showed up and we found an artist and and it just started moving forward and and then last year october of 2009 was when the website was launched and i i I still every day put the put the message out and people people come to me i probably have and this is no lie i probably have a couple of hundred of stories that people have verbally told me to my face they've just not put it submitted it or Uh taken the time to submit it yet you know, it's interesting that this is coming at this particular time when um, there are there is so much fear and so much stress in the world, and people are thinking of death, whether it's by natural disaster or man-made disaster. You know, more than ever, and it seems like this this is coming at a time. Your message is coming at a time when people need it more than ever. Um, Debbie, why don't you? That kind of leads us into. Um, and I'm sure both of you agree with that. Debbie, why don't you lead us into what you were starting to talk about in regard to how you actually um, um, proactively try to be in contact and, and understand these, these signs and so on. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, and I, well, what I did, I was kind of naive at the time because I was young, you know, 15 when I started this, and I had done it for a few years. And in my early 20s, you know, I went on with life. Um, I decided that instead of for me to heal from the loss and the void, I decided that I you know, came up with a motto of living for two, and that was it. I decided I'm going to um, live for two. I'm going to experience things for two. I'm going to be successful for two. I'm going to love for two. I'm going to do all of this uh, for myself and in celebration of and in memory of my sister. And so I moved forward in life um, with that in mind, and I certainly did experience some great things and still do, and I feel it is from her assistance on the other side. But in my early 20s, I actually thought, I was a little naive, I actually thought everyone did this. I thought that everyone um, asked their loved ones who passed on you know, for help in some natural way because it was so natural for me. I thought everyone had some type of spiritual relationship with their loved ones who have passed on. But what I found was it wasn't the norm. I certainly did find people who were doing this, but it certainly wasn't the majority. So I kind of kept it to myself. And um, it was sort of my best-kept secret. Hmm. Here we okay, that's going to leave us on a cliffhanger. We'll get yeah. back to your best-kept secret. Uh, after this break, the time is going too quickly. Well, I think we need to ask for help that they slow down the clock. <laughs> my guests are talking to you about uh, deceased loved ones sending messages from the other side. We will get back to them. And the Angie Paycheck print-up. And Debbie Hennigan will get back after this break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart, but I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. 
Dr. Carroll is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. We left you on a cliffhanger. Um, My guest, Debbie Hennigan, was about to tell you a best-kept secret that she had when she was growing up. And my other guest is Angie Paycheck Printup. We're both... Everyone's talking about uh, the messages that our loved ones are trying to send us from the other side. And I think one important message both of you are trying to convey is that uh, you wish people on this side would be more open to, would recognize that this was happening and be more open to, um, to receiving these messages. So maybe that flows right into, Debbie, where you, le- kept, where you left off about the best-kept secret. It absolutely does because my be- because as we talked about just previously, you don't necessarily run around telling people, especially years ago. Hey, guess what? I talked to my dead sister all day long, and she mm-hmm. provides me guidance and help. <laughs> it kind of sounds crazy, mm-hmm. but because of that, I I just kept it to myself, and that is what I called my best kept secret. Secret because having this connection with her and receiving that great inspiration and the courage and the strength and the love and the support that I needed for everyday life, her providing that to me, I call her my cheering section on the other side, rooting me along for every step that I take in my life. And that is my best-kept secret. And when I got into my early 30s to mid-30s, probably about five years ago, that's when I had my calling in the middle of the night also, like Angie, where I woke up, um, in fact, it was 3.10 a.m., and that is my sister who passed. That was one of her favorite numbers, 3.10. Hmm. And it was 3.10 a.m., and message popped right into my head that, number one, I'm supposed to have children, and now is the time. And my husband and I, um, we were married maybe uh, just for a short period of time at that point, but we have been together for about four or five years at that time. And I remember, you know, my husband and I had decided we were okay with not having children. And here I am waking up and being told that I'm supposed to have children. And I thought, that's going to go over real well. I have to tell my husband that my sister's coming to me saying, you must have children. (laughs) So that was one thing that happened. And the second message that I got at that time in the middle of the night was that my life path or purpose will be changing. I didn't receive any other information. I just approached everything as I usually do with faith and knowing that whatever's supposed to be will be, and I kind of just take step forwards, uh, steps forward based on the guidance that I receive. So I started getting messages, uh, and I do, by the way, have two children, two beautiful boys at this point, a one-year-old and an almost three-year-old, um, and I obviously convinced my husband that having children would be for the best mm-hmm. <laughs> for us, and it has been fabulous since. 
but um, what I had done is I received messages. The first message was writing a book. And as Angie described about the website, it came out of left field. Writing a book for me came out of left field. It isn't something that I grew up thinking, oh, I want to write a book. I can't wait to, you know, to write a book. And I remember saying, I looked up at the sky, which I often do, talking, and I said, okay, I get the message loud and clear that I'm supposed to write a book, but I have no idea what about. Um, and to make a long story short, I, I received many different um, messages and signs that helped me to understand what I should be writing about. And as I look back over the last 23 and a half years, at that time it was around 20 years, I realized that the relationship, the spiritual relationship that I have with my sister, that there were so many things that I did that could become a roadmap for people to see and understand how they can reach out and communicate to their loved ones. And the important thing is that each and every one of us can indeed do it, do this on our own and in our own time, that we don't need special powers, that we all have the ability within ourselves to be able to reach out and receive messages or signs or gifts or whatever it is we may need from our loved ones on the other side in order to receive those gifts. And to do this, you obviously have to have faith in that process and believe that your loved one does indeed still live on, that they are doing better than okay, and that they are engaged, they are closer than we think they are, right? That's how I came up with closer than you think, and that they are engaging us in a very real way. They want to remain close to us. They want to help us where they can. The important thing that I want to say is, you know, I talk about asking my sister for help, um, and I've done this, and these, the tips and techniques and exercises that I've done, you know, over the last 23-plus years are what I'm putting in the book so that it's an easy guide for people to be able to do this on your own. But what I want to say is that when you communicate with a loved one, it's, um, you, you have to understand that when you ask for help, they can indeed intervene and help us, but they can only help us when what we're asking for doesn't interfere with our life lessons. We are, I truly believe we're all here to experience certain things, um, to go through certain life lessons that we need to to help us grow as an individual. So if we're asking for help in certain areas that are our life lessons that we need to learn on our own, they can't intervene and help. That's interesting. Angie, what do you think about that? Oh, I, I agree with Debbie 100%. You know, it's, it's interesting when I started this journey, I really had no clue what was out there, and I started researching, and the first thing that pops up and the pioneers kind of in this research of this is uh, Bill and Judy Guggenheim, who wrote a book called Hello from Heaven. And they kind of coined the, the phrase after-death communication or ADCs, and, and they'll tell you that it's been going on since the beginning of mankind. It's just, you know, it's, it, the last 20 years or so, it's, 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 it's come up uh, a lot more, and there's a lot of experiences. There's a lot of books that have been written. There's a lot of websites as as we've been getting out there and researching. And even on on Debbie's website, she's she's got a gentleman uh, named Guy Dussault, who he and his wife lost their son, and they they dedicated a website to him called OurSonBilly.com. And it was just amazing to me to read. And he and I have just recently begun to communicate. Uh, they struggled so hard on the loss of of 
of their son, they just really had such a hard time getting through it. And then he began to uh, receive messages uh, from his son, and his son was trying to tell him, you know, Dad, my purpose is is done there. You know, I and 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 he even told him, he said, stop going to the tree where I was killed on the four wheeler. I'm 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 not there. You know, I'm I'm not my shell anymore. I'm I'm in spirit. And the purpose on earth is done, but I'm over here now, and I'm here to help you, and I'm with you, I'm here to guide you. And it was just, it was just, it was so beautiful. And I thought it was amazing when this man asked, was asked, what if it was the reverse? What if you passed away and your son was grieving as bad and as hard as you are? How would you feel? And and he said, you know, I would I would feel terrible. I would want him to move on with his life. I would want him to not be grieving so hard, and and to know that I'm in a better place, and that I'm at home, and that one day we will be together again. And that while he's still on earth, I would want him to move ahead with his life and be happy and help others and live to its fullest. And in realizing that, that helped him in his grief and helped him move forward. You know, you never get over the loss. You don't. It's always going to be there, but you still can move forward in life, and you still can bring have great joy and peace, knowing that your loved ones are with you. If you would just under, understand and believe that, and even understand the different ways that we can, and just talking to them, like Debbie said, just talking to them. I've gotten where I just talk to mom every day as if she's in the room with me. Mm-hmm. Yep. But well, it's normal to me. It's normal and very natural, and, and I feel, and like Debbie, sometimes when you do ask, all of a sudden you can look and a word will pop out or something will pop out in a magazine or something will come up on a show or you'll get a phone call, and it's, it's like there's no coincidences. Everything happens for a reason. Right, and if well, I could interject, I'm yeah, sorry, I was just going to say that um, when it is so important that you're right, Angie, I agree that when we lose someone we love, that loss is always there. And we can't replace, we can't fill that void with our, that person physically because they're no longer physically here. But we have to find some way to be able to embrace that death and be able to move forward in a, with our lives in a healthy manner. And hearing the stories that Angie shares and people's reactions to them and, based on a loved one coming and reaching out to the, the people that they've left behind, that's so inspiring, and it's very healing for people. We all here on earth in our physical body and in our minds just want to know, are they okay? Are they someplace where they're at peace? And, you know, where are they? I miss them. Can I talk to them? And they want us to know. That's why they come to us. That's why we have the ADC, the after-death communications, or, again, what I call the rock star moments. That's why we have them because they are reaching out to say, yes, I'm here, and yes, I'm okay, and yes, if you need anything, ask me. I want to help you. And I truly believe that our loved ones are on the other side. They choose to leave, um, in my opinion. They choose to leave when they leave, no matter the cause, even the horrific disasters and different things that occur. Wow, I don't know if I agree with that. (laughs) Well, and and a lot of people don't, but I truly believe that no matter um, the cause that they choose to leave because they can be of more service to us over there than they were here. And what I mean by that is you're hearing more and more about when people die, 
those that are left behind, I don't know about all about both of you, but I'm hearing more and more about how people, based on that experience of losing that loved one, that they are transforming um, for the better, that they're they are headed down a more spiritual path, and quite frankly, I think we need more of that in on this earth. I think something needs to change because there's just, you know, something's got to shift, and it is. And what better way than to have a little bit of heaven sprinkled on earth by having that connection with our loved ones on the other side? So I believe that, you know, like Angie, you, you're doing this website. Your mom passed away. As you're doing it, you feel closer to her. You feel her presence around. It seems like she's helping no, you down wait, the Wait, wait, wait. Her mother passed away before she started the website. Right, but I mean she said she feels her stronger now. Right. That she has started the website. All right, well, we can, uh, in the last segment, we can debate this. <laughs> You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. We're talking about messages from the other side. Um, my guests are Angie Paycheck Printup and Debbie Hennigan. And um, at the end of the next uh, segment, we will give you information about where to get the books and, and how to get to their websites and so on. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy R every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866- 
472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about our deceased loved ones and the message they are trying to send us from the other side. My guests are Angie Paycheck Printup, and she's the author of He Blew Her a Kiss, and Debbie Hennigan, she's the author of Closer Than You Think. Um, before the break, uh, Debbie was mentioning that um, people choose when they die, and that's a harder, you know, I, I totally believe uh, in the messages, you know, what you were both talking about before, uh, and, the, and feeling the presence of people who died and and um and they're trying to help you and and all of these kinds of things <laughs> that was just that kind of like came out of left field to me that um i i i have trouble believing that people choose when they die i mean it's possible we know we we can't really you know it's it's hard to know for sure mm-hmm. but um i it's what's hard as a psychiatrist what i can say is um that it's hard to know to know whether to believe that they choose when they die versus um, us, you know, the ones who are left, wanting to believe that there was a purpose to their death at that particular time and wanting to believe that that purpose might well be to help us, um, you know, through things that they can do or change or messages they can give us from the other side. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it definitely is a, a hard one to swallow. Um, it's also hard to comprehend, especially when you hear stories like the one that Angie mentioned with Guy and his son um, being uh, taken from a tragic accident, uh, as well as all of the other disasters and things in the world. And it is hard to comprehend why in the world would anyone choose to leave under those circumstances. And, you know, there is a lot of uh, uh, different things written about this. And, you know, it's, I always tell people, take what feels right to you um, because there's really no right or wrong answer. But I, I do believe that, you know, we do choose our exit point, which I think there are multiple exit points in our life. And I think that when someone leaves, um, no matter which way they leave, that they are leaving so that they can help all of us that are left here behind um, get on the paths that we need to. And sometimes we need that little bit of extra um, support and extra guidance um, from the other side to get us on our path. Um, and like I said, from a lot of these different um, deaths that we hear about, so many people people's lives are changing in a very positive way. Guy, Yes, but there are so many people. I mean, certainly there are so many people whose lives changed. I mean, uh, patients that I've seen over the years, there are so many people's lives who have changed for a worse way. In fact, um, I mean, that's one of the typical things that someone, an adult who lost a parent um, in particular, or it could be a sibling too, someone close to them, very close to them, when they were young, um, oftentimes that has been a, a trauma that has sent them downhill, like into drugs or alcohol or other kinds of things. Um, it isn't always very spiritual. Right. So I would kind of uh, disagree with that part of it. I mean, I mean um, 
You know, and, and I, I know that there's beginning to be some research. It's just that it's just that it's very hard to understand. I mean, for example, that would be a very if you lose somebody, um, it would it's a very seductive notion to think that this person chose to die so that they could help you um, in your life. You know, from above. Um, you know that they sacrificed themselves, or that it was right for them, or however you want to put it, um, to go then so that they could help you later on. Um, I mean, certainly it's possible. I can't prove to you that it's not true. It's just that it's a harder. I think it's just a harder concept to to um, certainly to prove. I mean, for example, these messages, um, you know, having words pop out. And I bet you, you know, most people, if certainly if they're open to it, I certainly have had that those kinds of experiences, and I think a lot of people have. They don't necessarily talk about it, but and that's a much easier thing, you know, because you experience it, you can um, more easily agree that this is happening, whereas. I think it's much harder to know um, why it is that someone died at the time that they did. Right, and I do think it's important to say, you know, we can't ever answer why. I mean, we would drive ourselves all crazy answering, you know, trying to answer the question, why did this happen to this person? They were so good. Why did it happen to them at this age? Why did it have to happen the way that it happened? I, we can't, we certainly can't answer that. That's not, no one can. And, 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 in fact, no one really can answer either if we do choose to, to leave a, a certain way. That's just my personal opinion. I sure. do believe that we choose that way, and it's, there's You're really no right opinion. or wrong there. <laughs> now, I want to make sure that we leave enough time for each of you to tell us, um, what web, to tell us about your website and where they, my listeners can get your books. So whichever, okay. Angie, do you okay. want to start? Well, um, our website is the same name as the book. It's heblewherakiss.com. And, of course, the book is on the website where you can uh, click on either Amazon or Barnes & Noble. And, and, again, I just want to say that, you know, the, the, the purpose of this writing and these, these stories, I, we realize that, not, or I realize that not everyone may necessarily agree and and that that is okay and it doesn't really matter what someone else thinks of your story whether they believe it or not if if this if this experience meant something to this person if it brought them peace and comfort that's what my whole purpose is about yes. is to help people heal share their story maybe help others realize that that you know they're not crazy that that they have a story that is valid and that it's okay Yes, and and I'm so interested also in your um, you're in the process of collecting stories from people in 9/11. Could you just mention about that? Sure. Uh, we not only are we collecting stories for book two, we kind of look at our story books as chicken soup for the soul series, yes. uh, kind of so to speak. Mm-hmm. We came up with the vision of we would love to collect um, a a book of 9-11 stories, which actually there is a woman out there who lost her husband in 9-11 that has a similar type book called Messages that's just come out. Um, but we would love, we're, we're just getting that message out, and, and, and it will take some time, but we would love to hear from people who have experienced a loss and, and felt like they had some communication because we would love to do a 9-11 version to honor these families. Mm-hmm. And, of course, people can, on your website, if people are listening who have those kinds of stories or any stories of, of um, these messages yes. from they the other side. And, and, and we can. actually have an icon on there saying that we are collecting 
uh, 9-11 stories. And you just, to, to, to submit your story, you just click on the submit button and, and you tell us your story. And so. Okay. And I want to make sure, because I hear the music, I want to make sure we get in time for Debbie. Debbie, okay. tell us your website and how people can get the book. Um, the website is closer than you think the book.com. Closer than you think the book.com. And you can go to the website to find all details. The book is coming soon. It's almost available. So it's not quite available just yet. But it will be an easy guide to help people um, get through the grieving process and find the healing that they need to because that is also our mission and goal is to get to that healing state and get some inspiration from connecting to loved ones on the other side. Yes, and I well, thank you both for sharing your stories, very intimate stories, very difficult, and I think you're both on these incredibly important crusades especially in this time in our world when uh, death seems to be more in the news and more on our minds, um, although we're in denial to some degree, than, than ever. Um, so this is really important work. And I hope for all of you um, that, you know, whether you've, you have gotten messages from loved ones on the other side or whether you haven't, um, hopefully at the very least, uh, today's show will help you to be a little bit more open um, or to not feel like you're crazy. You know, if words pop out at you or certain numbers or, or certain colors that was a per- person's favorite color or sometimes like flowers, certain flowers or, or you know, your, your loved ones, uh, things that remind you very specifically of your loved one. Do not think that it's crazy for you to think of them when, when they seem to pop up in your life. Well, thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.